0: You're listening to Adoption, Fostering and Tea from the UK's LGBTQ adoption and fostering charity New Family Social. Find us at newfamilysocial.org.uk. I'm Tor and this week I'm going to be having a cup of tea with Alan and talking about when assessment takes ages. Hi Alan, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Hi Tor, thanks for having me.
0: So I've already kind of given the thing about your story, which is that assessment and matching has taken a really long time. So can you tell me how long ago it was that you first started this process and how you were feeling at that stage?
1: Yeah, so we started, um, we made some initial phone calls back in 2019, just with local authorities, um, a couple of agencies. We were planning our wedding at the time, so we decided to kind of leave it a little while longer. And it was actually in 2020, um, just after the kind of lockdown hit. That's when we yeah, started the assessment process itself.
0: Okay, so I guess COVID didn't help you at all then with the speed of the process. How did you pick an agency? What was it about the agency that you went with?
1: Yeah, I think we had, we had quite a few discussions with a few different agencies. For us, the agency we picked actually very much focused on therapeutic styles in terms of The assessment process itself, and also um, the kind of aftercare that was kind of given. So we're with an agency that will provide us with a three-year plan, um, access to child psychologists, like play therapists. Um, So they really take you from assessment and really deliver that support kind of after you've actually been placed with a child or a child's been placed with you. So it was that kind of length of care, I guess. And We kind of, I think initially went into the adoption process with kind of rose tinted glasses a little bit. And then it was when we kind of started reading more and finding out a little bit more about it. And we kind of discovered that, you know, the children that need loving families often have quite a lot of trauma, they need to kind of, it sounds so obvious now, but at the time before the whole, before the whole assessment process started, we were kind of a little bit kind of, yeah, had our rose tinted glasses on. And for that reason, we really wanted to embrace that kind of therapeutic approach and that really helped us not only kind of now coming out of the assessment process and when we're looking for kind of family matches but also it's helped us enormously in terms of kind of our relationship and understanding ourselves as individuals as a couple um, and as the family unit that we're going to be.
0: I think that sounds really really positive um, that all of that is built in and so it sounds like you were thinking about that right from the start.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it was, you know, we wanted to ultimately we want to be the best parents we can be, as does anyone. But I just we just wanted to make sure that we had all the tools we needed to understand ourselves as much as we possibly can, just to ensure that, you know, when we do have a family and when the just child does come into our lives, that we're able to support it and give it the best possible chance at success. And that was really important for us. It, we didn't, you know, decide to go into the journey of parenthood lightly it was a really kind of big decision that we made it wasn't something we took lightly we really did discuss it and discuss different kind of ways of coming into kind of parenthood so you know if we're going to invest and kind of and do this we wanted to make sure we were as equipped as we possibly could be.
0: I think that sounds immensely positive Are you considering, given given the level of prep that you've done, are you considering children perhaps with higher levels of need or higher levels of need that is known at that stage? Or are you feeling that actually all children who are adopted are going to have some need and you're just going to be very well prepped for that?
1: I think we're getting very well prepped for all eventualities. We're both, um, me me and my husband are quite kind of geeky in a way, quite (laughs) yeah. So we wanted to kind of, you know, I was straight into the books and I read pretty much every kind of, yeah, every kind of adoption or like parent attachment theory books you can possibly imagine. So I think it was being well prepared all round. But I think generally all children that come into kind of the care system and who have suffered trauma, I think, you know, and from talking to people and, you know, the textbooks we've read and just experience of social workers and therapists and stuff. I think it's very uncommon that there will be a child who doesn't have any additional needs whatsoever. I think all children will need some additional support and assistance in whatever their needs might be. And that's what I mean about rose tinted glasses. I think we went into it thinking perfect little children, all this kind of lovely kind of, you know, the disney version of kind of um, adoption and parenthood when the reality is um, is quite different in itself.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. We just did a bit of a survey amongst new family social members. We were asking very specifically about neurodivergence and trauma um, and attachment issues. And we we're just asking people, did you know when your child came to you that those were likely to be an issue for that child? And then later, with hindsight, are they now an issue? for your child and there was as you would expect quite a gap between people who knew that the child that they were taking had got those issues to face versus the number of families who now are coping with those things with their child and so I think that level of prep is probably a really good thing certainly in our family there are things that we now work with and work with successfully I think but there were things that we weren't prepped for and things that we hadn't said that we could cope with, you know, (laughs) turns out we can cope with those, but you know, we didn't necessarily plan for those things. Um, And so I think doing that level of preparation is a really good thing.
1: Yeah. And that's why we loved our agency so much. And I think it is a gen, you know, I think this is all still, I know it's, it's been quite common knowledge for a while, but I still don't think it's taught as much as it needs to be necessarily with like prospective adopters I think there's still a few kind of areas where that kind of perfect scenario is kind of placed upon to the kind of adoptive or prospective adoptive parents, but yeah, I think it's it's still quite a new thing. I think a lot of people are getting used to kind of going into the process with a therapeutic kind of mindset, and that was even in our you know assessment period, we um you know we had to. We had our own attachment kind of MIMS test to find out our attachment styles to our parents. We did parent scripting, um, which is kind of working out kind of how our parents were, you know, parenting us, how their grandparents were parenting them and then how we break those cycles of kind of, you know, not such ideal kind of parenting styles that these children with additional kind of needs and trauma, you know, they can't deal with a, a standard kind of stereotypical kind of parenting kind of way it kind of has to be a little bit more therapeutic to get the best out of kind of I guess you and this is me coming in from not being a parent yet <laughs> everyone else is probably sitting there going shut up <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I mean that does sound immensely in depth as prep you know and I suspect I know which agency you're with we don't we won't name them here but I do suspect that I know which one you're with given that level of prep so I think that's quite unusual and certainly we weren't prepped to that extent I mean I'm a bit like you a bit of a nerd a bit of a kind of reader and spreadsheet person and all of that Jackie my partner much less so and so between us I guess we sort of got enough information and on you go but of course your child will definitely present you with a thing that you didn't read about
1: <laughs> 100%, I, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so you then said that the process took a really long time can you say a little bit about i mean it sounds very in-depth anyway but was there more to it more to why it took a long time
1: so yeah there were other reasons why you know it took a little while um we actually we actually found that we needed to take a break throughout the assessment period so our social worker and our therapist they suggested after stage one that we weren't always being as forthcoming um with the information that they needed to see from us um and i think a lot of that was kind of my other half um and he was quite he he had this, this like view that he had the perfect upbringing this perfect childhood perfect adolescence there was no trauma there was no negativity his parents raised him very well but i think the our therapist and our social worker kind of wanted to see a little bit more vulnerability from him and they wanted to see some of those kind of grayer areas and those kind of shadows those skeletons and all the ugly bits that we naturally want to hide from everyone yes, yeah. i think yeah that's what they wanted to see so yeah they um they suggested that we actually took a pause for six months just so douglas could have some um have, have some therapy just in that interim phase
0: and how did that go and and did douglas feel that that was was he kind of on board with that or was it just kind of, okay, fine, I'll do it, but I don't think I need it.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. He hated the idea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, poor Does I feel bad that we're talking about <laughs> like, I, I,
1: I've, I've, genuinely, I've genuinely been trying to get him into therapy for years. <laughs> 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 Not for any specific reason, but he's, you know, he's quite an anxious person and, you know, he's got some vulnerabilities, nothing horrific, but I just always felt like he would, um, would benefit from just like talking out loud and talking through some of that so um he was super super I mean yeah it really hit him actually he was really upset he thought he'd let me down he thought he'd let us down um and suddenly these waves of I've ruined it for us like we're never gonna have a family they all started playing on his mind so he was actually really reluctant mixed with that disappointment that he might have kind of jeopardized things for us But he, yeah, he went and you know found a therapist and yeah had weekly therapy for six months. And he really, I think, I don't know if he'd admit this, but I think he actually really enjoyed the process. I think you know it was you know it was really great for him to talk about some of those anxieties and just some of those elements of his kind of childhood, which he may have seen as kind of perfect, but actually maybe did have some grey and kind of dark areas alongside it. So actually, I think it did. Um, him the world of good
0: I mean that's that's immensely positive and I'm sure that lots and lots of the population if forced through therapy would benefit from it (laughs) (laughs) Um, so once that was done did you immediately restart was it like a you know a clock ticking down getting you to that stage
1: yeah it was kind of like a clock it felt like this looming kind of uh... Deadline, I guess, because we can only pause, like I think legally you're only allowed to pause the assessment phase um for up to six months. So we were literally on the day of the six months, just the week before we had another meeting. We went in to see our therapist and our social worker. And we just just had a really open discussions and they were kind of asking both of us, but specifically Douglas, some questions. And at the end of the session they were they were like, You've done it. This is exactly what we wanted from you this is what we need to see, like, you're so much more open, you're so much more comfortable with talking about, you know, all those things that you don't necessarily want to talk about. And they gave us a really great, a great line. And it was basically, <clears throat> which I've taken with me consistently and will do kind of going forward in my adoption journey. It's just get really used to being really, really uncomfortable. I um, guess <laughs> it is. And it's that kind of, you know, You can't always. And we're very, again, like I said, we're very studious. We want things to happen, you know, in our work lives. We're very on it. And, you know, suddenly when that control is taken away from you, it's a very uncomfortable, very scary kind of place to be when suddenly you're not necessarily in control of a situation. However, it's I'm so glad that that six month happened and I I wouldn't change it for the world.
0: I, mean, I love that. Adoption, get used to being uncomfortable. <laughs> Strangely, none of them use that as a strap line, but it's true. It's true. <laughs> not
1: the most marketable uh, tagline.
0: Not totally. No, but, you know, we could we could try. <laughs> so, I mean, it sounds like that was such a positive thing with hindsight, but I can imagine at the time it was really hard because I think you get the idea, you know, we're going to adopt and then every delay feels like a long time. The six month delay is a really big bump in the road.
1: Yeah, and I think, like, again, because I was geeking out and looking on every single forum that I could and reading all and meeting people, and it felt like we were the only ones going through this. And it felt kind of not isolating, well, maybe a little bit isolated. A lot of the time, we just kind of thought, why us? You know, we're looking at other people, we're talking to other adoptive parents and prospective adopters, we are reading all these forums, and it kind of felt like at times it was only us. You know, you'd see people talking about how they started the adoption journey and were matched with their child within sort of nine or 12 months or these people who were you know setting up perspective matches before they'd even been to panel so again I think we were comparing ourselves too much to a lot of other people out there but for me I just couldn't really find other people in our situation it was hard to find those people to kind of relate to and to have open discussions about it it felt like we were kind of on the outside
0: Yeah, because actually, when we were talking just before we started recording, you were saying that one of the reasons you wanted to do this was to let other people know that not every journey is smooth and not every journey is quick and not to give up. So do you want to say a little bit more about that? Because that was really your motivation for talking to me today, wasn't it, was to say that?
1: Yeah, and I think that if i had seen people like myself and, you know, Douglas, who had been in similar situations to us, I think it would have alleviated some of that stress and worry and anxiety, you know. um, and it would just have been, I think, maybe a little bit easier. We could have like, we could have just understood the situation a little bit more and take it less personally, I guess. I think we took it very, very personally a lot of the time. And I think it's hard not to because they are assessing every single minute detail about your life, both individually and as a couple. So it's really hard not to take it personally because this whole thing is about, you know, assessment period is about us. But yeah. yeah, I my yeah, I'm wanting for coming on here was just to kind of yeah, tell my story and just let people know that it can take a long time and there are bumps in the road and it's not perfect and you have to give parts of yourself away that, you know, you'd rather keep in, um, and all that ugly stuff you'd rather hide. Like it's all really, really useful and it's all really great to get out there in the open. Personally from for myself it was a very kind of therapeutic kind of journey but also just to um just to know that people aren't looking for perfections and actually it's those those darker and kind of grayer areas of our lives that we'd like to gloss over they are actually the bits and the moments of our lives where we you know learn the most we become the most resilient and then eventually you can look back on them and just realize that they were just tiny kind of blips in your in your whole journey um So, yeah, it was just for me letting people know that they're not the only ones and it can take a while. And actually, out of the other side, you probably will appreciate that space and that time. And I certainly am so glad that it has actually taken this long. At the time I was driving, it was driving me crazy. I was climbing the walls. I was so frustrated. (laughs) But now, um, in hindsight, it was the best thing that could have possibly happened.
0: Yeah, you sound really positive about that. So tell me about family finding, which is the stage that you're now at. How is that and how are you finding it?
1: Oh, it's a nightmare. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love podcasts like this where people are like, yeah, no, that bit totally sucked, yeah.
1: <laughs> I think it's just so different to what we expected. Like, the emphasis had been on the assessment process. So for two years, you know, it was all about the assessment, getting to that finish line, which was panel and we got there and we got to panel we got approved and it was like yes we can actually that hard bit's over we can actually now get on with the easy bit and and how wrong could I have been mm. it's been really challenging and really slow and again it, a lot of people that I met a lot of forums and you know a lot of people what I've compared our situation to they've adopted and been matched very quickly with their kind of um, their little ones and I thought that was the standard but it's not, and it that's kind of okay um we're very we're being very specific as well we're we're wanting to make sure it's the right match, and if that means it takes another two years, I'm more than happy for that to be the case. i think it's I think it's that kind of lack of patience you you've done so much to get through the assessment process, and you just now you're so close you can almost kind of see this family unit and the reality again is is can be quite different from that um yeah.
0: Yeah, I remember that. And I remember that thing where being approved becomes the finishing line in your head. I don't know quite how it happens. You forget that it's about having a child. And it comes back to, we've got to get approved, got to get to panel, got to get approved. And yeah, I think I thought that as well, that it would be kind of like climbing a mountain and then skiing down the other side and that the top of the mountain was approval. But actually, it isn't. You're right. It's just a different race. It's like you go through the finishing tape, and that you're suddenly on the starting line of another race. You're like, "What just happened? I'm tired now. Can it not be easy?" But it's not.
1: Yeah, it's like starting a mar- It's like starting a half marathon. And then you get to the finish line. And they're like, "Actually, we've changed it to a marathon." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, <Everyone> again. <laughs> it's just slow as well. You know, we've shown interest. We were approved in April, so just literally under two years from start to kind of panel. And then yeah, we're approved. So we've been approved since like actually late March, um, early April, and yeah, it's just we're using LinkMaker primarily as a our way of kind of matching. We've been to an exchange day as well. Do you want to say what an exchange day is and how that was? Yeah, it was our first kind of situation like this. So, um, basically, uh, it's at kind of I don't know it's like a hall. And you have lots of kind of adoption agencies and social workers from all over the country. And they have basically they bring with them kind of a list of the children in their areas that they're looking kind of for uh, families for. And you yeah. basically go in, um, you kind of it's kind of like speed dating <laughs> in a different way. It's kind of, yeah, you just meet lots of social workers. You have conversations. You talk about what you're looking for. You discuss specific children on yeah on these uh, social workers uh, lists and see if there are any matches. And it was a new experience for us. We actually really liked it and enjoyed the process. Um, with Link Maker, it can be very flat in trying to match. You often show interest, and there's not necessarily any responses. So sometimes it can feel a bit kind of like a tumbleweed kind of environment, but it was actually really nice to actually go and have conversations. It's also really hard to kind of put yourself forward in like a very kind of flat kind of profile online. Yeah. People can always, you know, become more themselves when they're actually able to discuss and be face to face. So we found it really helpful. It didn't really yield anything. We had one, one uh, little boy, social worker really um, kind of was really interested in us and we spoke about it in great length and detail, and then ended up deciding it wasn't probably the right fit. But yeah, it's yeah, it was a great day, and I'm hoping to do more stuff like that. And I think we have, hopefully, um, a um a date coming up in September as well. So I, for us, I think we prefer that kind of in person um environment more so than just throwing our profile out online and kind of hoping for the best.
0: Yeah, because we went to one of those as well, and I, I know what you mean about being able to chat directly to the social workers, and they can kind of flesh out some of the detail about the child a bit as well, particularly if it happens to be a child that they've met. They're able to say, oh, yes, this child is like X, Y, and Z. So, you know, it is it is quite human. It's quite nice, I think,
1: to just be face-to-face. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think it just brings it to life. a little bit, And also updates. We found that a lot of the children that were kind of they were kind of talking about in this exchange day were on Linkmaker, but some of the information on link maker wasn't necessarily updated so there had been updates on kind of some of the children and actually there was um, one little boy who we'd shown interest on link maker and we were able to kind of actually speak directly to their social workers and yeah discuss him in more detail there
0: right yeah and I think that really helps as well like you say it's it's so removed otherwise it's really difficult to get that feeling and make that connection I guess
1: yeah absolutely it just um yeah it's just much it's just a much better environment I just wish there were more of them I guess um there seems to be only a few every every few months um so I kind of wish there were kind of more but whenever we have the opportunity we absolutely will take the take it
0: yeah absolutely and so how are you managing to cope with this on a week-to-week month-to-month basis
1: what are you doing to support each other and so on we're just trying to we're trying to see the positive in it so as heartbreaking as it is because again you you know you see children that you're sometimes very very drawn to and you can almost start picturing that kind of family unit um, and when then that doesn't happen or you don't get any response it can be kind of quite disheartening and I know it's not rejection because it's absolutely the right thing because if we had aren't able to support the needs of a specific child, then that's absolutely the right decision. But again, I think it's hard not to take it personally and to think, oh, it's us, they don't like us or whatever, when actually it's the needs of the uh, children that are put first and quite rightly so. In terms of supporting each other, we're just, we're very communicative. We're very pragmatic about it as well and very realistic. We're not kind of getting our hopes up ever. We are also like living in the moment as well, like very soon. Um, whether that's in six months or two years our lives will never be the same again so we're so we're actually trying to embrace that and we're actually trying to do as much as we possibly can so you know we've been together 10 years and you know we got into habits of maybe sitting on the sofa watching tv (laughs) after, as you do but now like you know we're we're going out on more dates and we're going away for weekends and we're trying to see as many people as possible and just trying to live the fullest life possible while we while we still can and that's not to say when a child is placed with us that we can't do all those things it's just you know it's going to completely change our dynamic for the rest of our lives and yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm chuckling because we're so tragic that we've got bullseye on series record because I really like it. That's how sad it's got. Yeah. So you enjoy having a
1: life because on the other side, of something you and see if you've got bullseye on series record. <laughs> yeah. But that's the thing. And I think it's, you know, just being aware of that. And actually, there's that balance of kind of being impatient, but actually, that has kind of the delay and the time that it takes is kind of. A godsend in a way because you can just spend more time focusing on the things that you might not be able to do. And we're having a great time, you know. As much as we want a child, and you know, we we cannot wait to start our family. We're actually really enjoying, and we're doing more than we have done for the past few years. So it's just being in the moment and not putting too much pressure on ourselves. And you know, yes, it gets hard at times, and yes, it can get really sad when you're looking at children's profiles and. There is kind of some of the days where it does get on top of you a little bit, but we're just trying to embrace everything and trying to enjoy ourselves as much as possible.
0: I think that sounds absolutely fantastic and really a very, very good way of approaching it. Um, well, I do hope that it goes smoothly and I hope maybe you'll come back and do another podcast with us once you have your child and things have moved on for you, if you'd like to.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'll be on the other side. I'll be pulling my hair out. And- <laughs> <I'll> be- <laughs> <laughs>
0: i look forward to that too (laughs) um thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me it's been really interesting
1: oh thank you so much for having me i appreciate it
0: no problem i'd like to thank my guest today alan um if you enjoyed this podcast please leave us a five-star review and share it with your friends follow us on twitter at lgbt adopt foster and on facebook search new family social all one word visit our website at newfamilysocial.org.uk. Adoption, Fostering and Tea is produced by New Family Social. The presenter was me, Tor Doherty, with music from Matt Doherty. The producer was John Jenkins. We'll be back next time with more guests and more tea.